White Sox Weekly, your all-access pass to everything White Sox. That baby will go! Lance Lynn with an absolute gem. Good morning. Connor is off this week and next. He's getting married. So uh, hopefully that all goes well for him, getting married, then, of course, going on his honeymoon. Good morning. It is White Sox Weekly. I'm Jesse Rogers, filling in for Connor this week and next Saturday as well. I wish we were talking about the start of spring training. I wish I was in Arizona reporting for you from White Sox camp, but that is not the case as this labor issue continues. We are in a lockout, and the end uh, is not foreseeable. Let's put it that way. Phone lines open this morning on White Sox Weekly. I'm here till 10 a.m., 312-332-3776 is the number if you want to jump on, maybe even sound off. I mean, it's unfortunate, Sox fans. 1994, had a really good team on the south side. There was a strike, no World Series, no playoffs. Here we are again. Now, I don't think it's going to last the season, but even a shortened season won't be as fun for White Sox fans, I don't think. Now, we're not quite there yet that they're going to delay the start of the season, but we are certainly at the point where they may delay the start of spring training as soon as early next week. There's an owner's meeting down in Orlando, and I think coming out of that meeting, Rob Manfred may announce the beginning of spring training is delayed as they try to work through this labor issue. Of course, they could lift the lockout and begin spring training on time, begin the season on time, but that could eventually lead to a strike by the players mid-year, just as it did in 1994. So I don't think um, the owners want to play without a new CBA in place. So that's what we're facing with this great white contending White Sox team not able to take the field uh, come uh, you know about 10 days from now when spring training was to open. 312-332-3776 is the number if you want to discuss any of this. I I'd, I'd let you just sound off and tell me which side you think is greedier than the other, but that that that's not good radio I don't think because it's just like Look, I, I, I was gauging some of the social media reaction the last few days. It's just people are mad at the, the owners. People are mad at the players. But if you have something to add to the conversation um, while you sound off, I think that's the best way to put it. Give me a call, 312-332-3776. White Sox had some news this week. Nicky Delmonico is back in the fold, now a coach. He transitions from being a player. He'll be the Class A Winston-Salem hitting coach. He uh, did a Zoom with media and uh, this week, and it's, it's a role he's been thinking about for a while, going into coaching. He wants to eventually be a manager, had a four-year career in the majors, had all sorts of injuries. He documented a lot of them, bone spurs, a meniscus, labrum, rotator cuff, broken bones. He said if he kept playing, he would probably need knee surgery and uh, maybe even right shoulder surgery as well or some cleanup there. His dad was a coach at Tennessee for a long time, so this is kind of in his blood. He'll be a hitting coach down at Winston-Salem, and, but eventually wants to move up and maybe even be a manager someday. He kind of talked about his philosophy of hitting, and a lot of it revolved around having a routine. 
teaching a process and teaching young players how to deal with the wave, uh, the ups and downs of being a professional hitter. We're going to play some sound of uh, Nicky Delmonico in just a few moments. Uh, that's where it starts, right? At Class A. And that's how you learn how to be a professional and how to deal with the good days and the bad days. He even said on, the, on his Zoom with, with reporters, you know, if you go 0 for 8 at Class A, nobody notices, obviously, except for yourself. Um, you, you, you know, there's no pressure involved. You just fix yourselves and you fix yourself and move on. And, of course, at the major league level, if you go 0 for 4, quite possibly people on White Sox Weekly are talking about it. So that's the sort of thing he wants to teach, how to ride that wave, how to teach process instead of results. We always hear that in baseball. You don't want to get up, get caught up in, in, the, in the results if you're doing the process uh, the right way. And so it'll be interesting to follow Nicky Delmonico uh, in his coaching career. So he'll start at Winston-Salem. The, the White Sox announced their coaches at, in the minor league level and the, and the uh, developmental staff. And the thing about it is, even with this lockout, uh, there will be a minor league season, a full minor league season. Just won't be with four guys on the 40-man roster. So one way or another, one way or another, there will be professional baseball. It just might not be a guaranteed rate field. That's the issue right now. As this lockout, you know, is into its third month at this point, and uh, really no signs of stopping. Again, we'll talk to uh, Jeff Passan. Scheduled to talk to him in just a few minutes here. Let's hear a little bit from Nicky Delmonico though, because that was the news of the week. He met the media and uh, talked about why he'll be a good coach. Let's start with that. Man, I grinded through everything. I felt like I was in every level. Um, you know, I know um, the day in and day out grind. I know the the process of once you get drafted, you want to get to the big leagues. Um, I think I have so much to relate, and I'm a person that I could, you know, a young kid can come into and feel free to be open in themselves, and I'll, you know, I embrace everybody. I think I'm a I'm a good fit for a kid to talk to and open up and, you know, just grind with on a day-to-day basis. And I feel like I have so much to give back to all these young hitters and players that, um, you know, maybe I wish I was told along the way. So I'm, you know, I'm going to be really invested. Um, you know, I love this game and I'm just fortunate enough to still be around it and be able to give back to all these kids. Sticky Delmonico and why he'll be a good coach. Here's his hitting philosophy. Well, if you talk to Andy Barquette, he's very big on, you know, using our engine and the ground and just the basics of hitting. Um, his whole philosophy is something that, you know, I haven't been around. And I think him and Frankie are doing a great job. And I think Andy is going to be able to take these young hitters and create the, you know, gap to gap approach and, you know, being able to move the baseball and just being on time and um, not getting too far away from the launch angle and all that stuff, but basically showing you how to get to the launch angle and be, being able to be on time. I think, I think launch angle and all this is a, a term that gets away from how you get to launch angle. Um, everyone wants just, just to talk about launch angle and, um, you know, exit velo, but Andy does a really good job of creating routine and to be able to get on time and use your engine and start early so that you do have a good launch angle. Um, if you're just around Andy in the first few weeks, I think you'll see in spring training. Um, it's a, it's a thing that I haven't seen in any organization I've been with. Um, I think it's something that's going to help these young hitters become great hitters and, um, you know, great players down the road. 
That's Nikki Delmonico. We have one more for you. And that was interesting stuff about launch angle and getting getting to that place where you're where you're on time and ready to hit. And hopefully that philosophy isn't just about hitting home runs because not every pitch provides that opportunity. One last one on, from Delmonico on developing guys at the lower levels. Yeah, I think high is something that if I were to gone back, like I felt like if I went 0 for 4, 0 for 8, that there's no way I was getting called up or moved up to the big leagues. And it's like, for these young hitters, high is a place where you can try things, fail, learn, grow. And um, I just want, you know, my hitters to go in and buy into a process and continue to work, whether they're 0 for 20 or, you know, 15 for 20. Um, you got to learn to fail at a certain level because the wave is not as big as, you know, AAA or the big leagues. Um, you know, if, if you go 0 for 8 in the minor leagues and high no one's tweeting about it. No one's on social media talking about it. But if you're in the big leagues and you go for four, you know, everyone's pissed off and they're worried about all these things. So for my young hitters, what I want to just continue to throw into them is the process and learning to ride the wave and try things and um, being comfortable with the uncomfortable. So um, that's to me, the biggest difference is I feel like it's such a great learning experience for these, these players going to high being comfortable with the uncomfortable, you hear that a lot from coaches in baseball because it isn't the smoothest thing. It doesn't always go to plan. You know, your, your development isn't always linear. So there are going to be some uncomfortable moments, and you just have to get used to that, or they will consume you. You will be up all night thinking about your 0 for 4, or 0 for 8, or 0 for 12. Or what was Robin Ventura, like 0 for 100, whatever he was? He had, that, he had a huge stretch. Um, that was to start, start his major league career. So, look, it, it's, it'll be interesting to follow Nicky Delmonico just retired as a player, and that has to have a positive effect. Guys that he coaches knows he was just doing it. He was just doing it. So that's the new Winston-Salem Class A hitting coach. Sox fans, single-game tickets are on sale this Wednesday, February 9 at 2 p.m. Be here for it all and watch us continue to change the game in 2022. I'm Jesse Rogers sitting in for Connor McKnight both today and next Saturday on White Sox Weekly. Again, I thought maybe myself or Connor would be out in Arizona by now and setting up the White Sox spring training, second one under Tony La Russa, a team that's ready to contend to win it all after taking some steps these last couple of years in the playoffs. But all that is on hold because of this lockout. 312-332-3776 is the phone number if you want to join me, if you want to sound off a little bit, if you want to discuss, if you want to ask some questions about the lockout. It's complicated stuff in a lot of ways. Um, sides kind of like, you know, Jeff Passan will join me shortly, kind of said it right. They're, they're, they're talking different. They're talking, but it's different languages. And they're just not hearing each other on, on a lot of the issues. You know, if you want to think uh, negatively, that the, the strategy could be, be just hey let's let's hold out on these negotiations as long as we can let's not show the our best hand until the very last minute so we can get the best deal from the players or from the owners um i feel like that is part of the strategy like let's 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 play a game of chicken here and we'll see who blinks first and you have to imagine it's probably the players because their paychecks are a little bit more necessary than for them than billionaire owners. Anyway, we'll talk to Jeff about this. We'll get into it. 
throughout this hour on White Sox Weekly because we don't have baseball to talk about. The, the offseason was halted. We're only, I don't know, halfway through it. That'll be interesting whenever we start up how that offseason off continues in terms of trades and free agency. But we have to get there for us first. We have to get this lockout lifted. We have to get a new collective bargaining agreement. 312-332-3776 is the number. Jesse Rogers here for Connor McKnight on White Sox Weekly. Join me here till 10 o'clock on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. Welcome to White Sox Weekly on ESPN 1000. Again, Sox fans, single game tickets on sale this Wednesday, February 9th at 2 p.m. You can watch everything and get tickets. For more information, visit whitesox.com slash single game or call 312-674-1000. For more information, again, visit whitesox.com slash single game or call 312-674-1000. I was about to say you can watch everything unfold on the south side, but I'm not sure we're going to see everything unfold on the south side. So I had to catch myself. Uh, we're facing a shortened spring training, possibly a shortened regular season, though we're not quite there yet. Uh, we're just days away from camp's opening, and there is no you know, sort of light at the end of the tunnel with this labor issue going on between the owners and the players. There's no collective bargaining agreement. It's, it expired on, on, uh, at midnight on December 1st. So here we are, the potential for a shortened season of some sort. Maybe only a shortened spring training. Cross your fingers, it's only there. And here's, here's sort of my optimistic view. You know, there's some labor pains here, right, that are going on. But once they give birth to this baby, meeting a new collective bargain agreement, there should be labor peace for a while, by definition, because this will be a five to seven to eight-year agreement. There, we should be getting past COVID. At some point soon, I think we'll see some common sense rule changes to help the game in this era. Sort of modernize the game a little bit on the field. A little bit. A little bit. And if those th- three, as those three things happen, let's say over the next 12 months, I'm thinking we'll find, the game will be in a healthier place than it's ever been. But we are nowhere near that. We aren't completely past COVID. We don't have a new collective bargaining agreement. And we're not going to see any sort of major or even minor, I think, rule changes. We're not going to see a pitch clock, for example, as soon as this season. We might see some tweaks, but I think we're more likely to see more rule changes a year from now. You know, getting past this collective bargaining agreement is number one. And then we'll, we'll go on from there and address some other things. But there are definitely some labor pains going on right now. And it's unfortunate because it's basically three years running. Now, COVID had nothing to do with, you know, that was out of their control. But they did have labor problems coming off the COVID, you know, shortened season of 2020. And that went right into these negotiations. And those haven't gone well. So it's almost like three years where things have just been really abnormal, really weird. I mean, 
literally it has been because even last year it was a full season, but under all sorts of COVID guidelines, spring training was, was handled differently, right? Group, you had to have groups of players out on the field. You couldn't have everybody in the, in the locker room together at the same time. And then of course, 2020 was, a, was a mess, not just because of COVID, but because they were facing a lot of these labor issues, which foreshadowed where we, where we would be today. And that's the situation. If you want to sound off on any of this, 312-332-3776. You sort of proverbially, you don't want to get in the weeds about some of this stuff. I mean, that's what you have to say um, when you talk about the, these labor issues, because nobody wants to go through every point. It would just be a tune out and you'd fall asleep. I think one of the better ways I can describe it, my, my, my latest analogy is, is like this. The owners believe they've addressed a lot of the needs a lot of the issues that the players have brought up, they feel like, okay, issue A, we, we've offered this. Issue B, we've offered this. Issue C, we've offered this. Issue D. And technically, they may be right. But the, my analogy is this. If your kid comes to you and asks you for the first time ever for an allowance, and you say, sure, I'll give you an allowance. Here's a quarter. What does that mean? Technically, you could go to school, and if, you're, if, if his or her, her friends ask them, hey, do you get an allowance? For the first time ever, you could say, yes, I get an allowance, but it's only a quarter. It's only a quarter. That's kind of how I feel the union feels about what the league has offered. They've offered a bunch of things, but it's just not enough in the union's mind. The biggest, most obvious one would be this pre-arbitration pool, which is a pool of money given to players before they're eligible for arbitration based on a bunch of factors, top 30 in war or winning an award. You win the MVP in your second year, you get this amount of money more than you would under the old rules. So this pre-arbitration pool of money to be divvied up, the union originally wanted it to be $105 million. The league said it'll be $10 million. So there's the quarter <laughs> the union believes that the league is giving them. They want more like $10 for their allowance. And I think that's kind of the, the way you can look at a lot of the issues. And so technically, the, the league can be, can be considered correct when they say, we have offered them this, 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 and this, things that have never been part of baseball before. And the union may not be wrong. I can't judge if they're right or wrong. But they may not be wrong in saying, well, it's a quarter. It's a quarter. It's not enough. It doesn't really do anything for it. Is it really an allowance if you only give me a quarter? That's the kind of way I look at this thing. 312-332-3776 is the phone number. Jesse Rogers here on White Sox Weekly. If you want to sound off on any of this, I guess you could just give me if you agree or disagree with either side. Instead of just doing the whole the whole. They're greedy, or they're greedy, millionaires versus billionaires. Give me, give me a little bit more than that. Give me a little bit nuance, more nuance than that. Let's go to Mark in Wilmington. You're on ESPN 1000, White Sox Weekly. Mark, what's on your mind? Uh, always a great show, sir. Um, well, at, for a long time, I always agreed with the owners. You know, I mean, I always agreed with the players. Oh, they're not making enough, you know, say in the 70s, 80s. But um, they're making $30 million. I agree with the owners, and um, the idea of sending, like, Having players from the Mexico Federal League and other players <laughs> coming in, 
I mean, it's, it's pretty good. I mean, let's have some baseball, right? That's what I have to say. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Thanks for the call. I mean, it's, 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 it's more nuanced than it. I just agree with the owners or I agree with the players. It, it just, there's more to it than that. Uh, and I know fans don't want to hear how the sausage is made. They just want to see baseball. Uh, but right now there's just nothing else to talk about. Right. I mean, I mean, we talk about White Sox needs, and I'll do that all day for the for the 2022 season. But without a season, I don't I don't know what's the point, right? What's the point? Three one two three three two three seven seven six is the number. Here's the other part of the disconnect. Here's the other part of the disconnect in my in my mind, at least. If you're starting baseball from scratch, the first ever collective bargaining agreement. This is the first time, and we're living in the world we are in today. Analytics, sabermetrics, the way the game is played today, right? Using today's um, game. And you're creating a, a collective bargaining agreement for the first time. I truly think at the end of those negotiations, it would look a lot more favorable to the players. Just common sense tells me that. It would look a lot more favorable to the players. The systems, the, the, the CBAs they've been under lately feel a bit antiquated. That's in a perfect world, in a vacuum, you're creating it from scratch. But the reality is, and the players have every right to believe that, that we need a better system, just not favorable to us. But the reality is you are negotiating, negotiating off of precedent. You are negotiating off the last several CBAs. That's just the reality. You have to start somewhere. You're not going to start over. Why would the owners start over? They've negotiated for decades to, to the point where they're at. And so they're going to start with that. And that's, again, where the disconnect is. And that's also probably why the players turned down the idea of a third party, a federal mediator to help this thing along. Because he's likely to work off the last one and sort of split the difference a little bit, give the players a little bit, but kind of keep the status quo with some small changes. That's sort of the feeling. We don't know that for sure. You know, maybe they'd raise the minimum salary a little bit more. But that's kind of the feeling. And that's why the, the players turned down the use of a third party. You saw the players take to social media yesterday and really attack um, the owners. You can't, you can't call it an impasse if you're not even negotiating. We're waiting for another proposal. As far as those pr- proposals go, I think there's you know, kind of egg on, on each side. Um, each side could, could be proposing more, and they've both been slow in a sense. But it is the owners have, who have enacted the lockout, so it's probably more on them to, to keep the, the negotiations moving because the players would, if the, if the owners lifted the lockout, the players would go to camp. But that's a whole other thing because they go to camp using the old rules while they negotiate for a new one, and then the potential for a strike at the worst possible time for the owners could occur, which is exactly what happened in 1994. They played that 94 season without a collective bargaining agreement, and the players went on strike on August 12th. Most of their salary for the season had been paid, and the most important time in terms of money-making was yet to happen in terms of the owners, which is the playoffs, which is the playoffs. And so, yeah, you could say it's bad to have a lockout now, but it's just as bad to have a strikeout late in the, in the season when everyone's ready for for. Can you imagine, again, the White Sox having a great team like they did in 94 and, and, and players go on strike 
in late August or early September, because that is more than likely what would happen here. That's more than likely. 312-332-3776. Let's slide in Wayne from Lake in the Hills before we take a break. Wayne, you're on ESPN 1000. What's hey, good morning, What's Jesse. I'll be quick. I just want to – I'm sad about the whole thing, and, yes, it's very complicated. But who represents the fans? Nobody. Right? Nobody. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, think? nobody. Yeah, nobody. But And, and the thing is, we, you guys have a right to, to, to protest. I mean, you have, a, you, have a, you have a major – that's the thing. Fans have a major tool. Two of them, I guess, both turning I'm off just the TV and not going. But gonna go away. It's taken some hits. There's no doubt it's taken yeah. some hits. Um, but, Wayne, I think, like I said, the labor pains go, have gone on for a few years here. But once they deliver the baby of a new collective bargain agreement and we're past COVID, the game should be in a healthier place. So we just I have to. So. Yeah, sometimes a sport, your professional, your favorite sport has to go through some of these things to get to the other side in, in a better spot. Thanks, Jesse. All right, Wayne, hang in there. Thank you. I mean, here's the thing. Wayne kind of, I think, obviously exaggerated a little bit, like talking about baseball going away. Let's work backwards from this. They are going to have a deal. Like, there will be professional baseball again. We just don't know when it's going to be. Um, and, again, once they get there, I mean, even if it's a, if it's a year from now, I think we're going to end up in a better place for everybody. But right now, it is the worst that we can imagine, right? It's, it's going on three years of, of, you know, COVID and labor combined here, culminating in this moment where spring training is about to be delayed and, and maybe the regular season as well. All right, I have to take a break. 312-332-3776. The phone number, before we do, I want to tell you, new this season, Sweet Flex Packs. They're the perfect combination of luxury and flexibility with four packs to choose from. You can completely customize your season in a diamond suite. For more information, call or text 312-674-1000 or visit WhiteSox.com. It is White Sox Weekly. Jesse Rogers in for Connor McKnight on ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's home for sports. On app. The ESPN Chicago app. In HD. 100.3 HD2. And of course on AM. ESPN 1000. This is White Sox Weekly. Jesse Rogers back with you on White Sox Weekly. Connor McKnight is off. I'll be back next Saturday from 9 to 10 as well. We've got the hockey show coming up at 10 o'clock right here on ESPN 1000. 312-332-3776 is the number. If you want to talk about the White Sox on the field or the labor problem off it, feel free to, to ask me anything. Maybe you do want to get in the weeds on, on some of these issues. Um, I, I think my analogy works, what I, what I said a couple segments ago. It's like uh, the union has asked the league for an allowance. The, the league has said yes, but they've given them a quarter. Or maybe 50 cents. Now, the league would say, no, we, we, we've, we've addressed issues in a significant manner financially. Um, but all the union can say is, look, you, you've agreed to this pre-arbitration poll, but you really haven't uh, a pool, but you really haven't offered much money in it. And that's kind of where the disconnect is. The league really feels like they've moved on a bunch of issues. And the union has said, no, nah, not really. These, these don't move the meter much for us at all. 
312-332-3776. We were scheduled to talk to my buddy, my colleague, Jeff Passan. That's on hold right now. Hopefully we'll get to him before 10 o'clock. Otherwise, I'll get him on the show next Saturday because this is likely to go into uh, next weekend and further and beyond unless there's a real break in the, you know, a change in, in attitudes here early in this week. There is the, uh, a big-time owners meeting scheduled. It's, this is a normal meeting um, in Orlando early next week. And who knows? Maybe there will be an owner to stand up and say, let's not screw this game up any more than we have. Let's give in on this issue or that issue. And it, it's also very likely the players will take this to the 11th hour and, and uh, you know, drop a couple demands and ask for a couple big changes, and, and they'll get it because both sides want to avoid the doomsday scenario of a, of a shortened season. But, you know, if you think this is, if you think is, this is nasty, read up on the 1994 strike. I mean, that was nasty. It started on August 12th. It didn't uh, end until the following March, late March. They got into, into, into camps in April. Um, President Clinton got involved. The now Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor um, made, made a, a ruling or two that made a difference. She wasn't a Supreme Court Justice at the time. Um, and a lot of, there was a lot of animosity between the sides. Remember, Donald Fair was in charge of the Players Union. It's Tony Clark who's now in charge of it. And uh, the players got beat up in the last labor negotiations in 2016. Tony Clark was in charge then. He's in charge now with the season on the verge of being shortened in some capacity, at least spring training. And, um, you know, it's not going to look good for Tony Clark if that happens. And it's certainly not going to look good, look good for Rob Manfred if that happens. He was involved on the league side, not as commissioner, back in, the, in 94 during that strike. It was ugly then. It's starting to get ugly now. You saw what happened these last few days um, with the league asking for a federal mediator to come in, the union saying no. I think that was a little bit performative by the league, um, but also out of frustration. The union would say, why are we calling on a third party we've hardly negotiated? There's been like four proposals. The league would say, this is three, three years in the making. We had problems during the 2020 season. We have been negotiating since, since early 21, and we've gotten nowhere. So this is not sort of a, a, a willy-nilly ask. This is three years in the making, and we haven't um, gotten anywhere. So we want a federal mediator to come in. The union says, well, in 94, we had a federal mediator, and it was awful. It, it, it was even worse than you could imagine. They, 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 didn't, they didn't suggest anything close to what, what turned out to be the deal that, that they ended up with. It was just a waste of time. To that, I'd say, that's the one thing I'd say to the union. Look, what happened in 94 does, has no bearing on now. That was then. This is now. Uh, federal mediators have helped in recent negotiations in the NHL, big time. Uh, that lock, the lockout about you know, almost a decade ago. They helped with NFL referees settle a, a disagreement there. They've helped in, the, in MLS, in soccer, several times over the last decade. So federal mediators can help. Doesn't mean they will. But it also doesn't mean just because it didn't help in 94 that it won't help now. So, again, back and forth. And, you know, there's a, there's a thinking that the, the uh, league offered this federal mediator in a very public way. So knowing the union would turn it down and they would look bad. 
because publicly, you know, on the surface, what wouldn't hurt getting a third party involved? And it does kind of tell you the league is more than happy to have a third party look at all this and, and is probably um, confident they, they would get the deal they'd want based on a third party. Now, the third party can't enact anything on its own, but they can suggest things. They can sort of be in the middle of, of these things and go back and forth. So obviously by, by offering it, the league is confident they, they would end up with a deal they'd like. The union is not. But that is not to say the union is wrong. That is not to say the union is wrong. Let's not, let's be clear. I mean, in my mind, if, if it wasn't somewhat performative, meaning making it this public thing, they could have said quietly to the union, hey, would you be up for a, 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 a federal mediator if, I, if we publicly, you know, officially asked for it? They could have done that in a phone call quietly, and they could have been quietly told no, but they did it very publicly. And then the union took to social media, players took to social media yesterday, bashing the league for offering that because they wanted to turn the tide a little bit. 312-332-3776, the number if you want to jump on. I got to get my, my, my producer Tyler's opinion on all this in a moment. Stay up to date on all the things White Sox by following the team's official social media accounts. Don't miss a minute of the action on and off the field. Follow the at White Sox on social media, at White Sox on social media today. Let's bring in Tyler, uh, who produces White Sox Weekly, does a great job every You're a youngin. You're a youngin. Do you know much about the 94 strike? I was not even alive yet. I just right. know that there was they, they had the strike, there was no World Series, and that is the extent of my knowledge. Right. So on the surface, you would say, why, if they, why not lift the lockout and negotiate while they play the, the 2022 season? Like that would be a natural thing for someone to say, right? Like you, you would right. probably prefer that. The owners can lift the lockout. They can start the season under the old rules, basically, although I'm not sure how free agency and all that stuff would go. I guess it would still be under the old rules, but it would be would it be under the old CBT, you know, that, that the collective bargaining tax, that number? I don't know. But that would make sense to someone, right? Let's play under the old rules and negotiate a new deal while we play. Yeah, because, I mean, to a degree, that's what you sort of see in other sports, and you just don't realize it, too, when you look at, oh, well, some of these CBAs get negotiated in season, and, and it's just getting ahead of it, whether it's in football or basketball. But I think back too to even when the NBA had their lockout, what was it like 10 years ago now when they locked out pretty much until Christmas Mm -hmm. and just being a young fan, then it was like, well, this sucks. Like I've been looking forward to this NBA season the entire time. And, um, there, there was all this stuff happening because that was the, the new iteration of the heat with LeBron and all that stuff. And you see some of these super teams start to form. And it was a, I thought a, a very exciting time for basketball. And I think baseball sort of in that stage now where you've got all these young, exciting players, you want to not only take a year out of their primes, but keep in mind, they also had the 60 game stretch from a season ago, which is going to really diminish some of their all time numbers. When you look at a guy like trout, um, and just you're, you're taking away some prime years from th- some really exciting players, whether it's Shohei, whether it's Tatis, whether it's Acuna, all these different guys, all the young White Sox guys, too. It's just it sucks to see. Here's, so here's my question. We, we'd love for the lockout to be lifted and they start playing. But if I told you lifting the lockout would more than likely lead to a strike in August or September, how would you feel about it? I would rather get it right now 
and yeah. miss April or miss maybe a little bit of May, even as far as June. I'd rather get it right now and as opposed to maybe not seeing a World Series. That's a, that's a very interesting point, and it's something Tom Verducci from Sports Illustrated wrote about, and I'll read it. These negotiations have taken on the look of playing the long game. Back in December, an agent told me he expected the disagreement to last until May. And this is the part that's interesting. It's possible that the experience of the COVID-19 shortened season of 2020 has, de- has decreased the usual urgency of the baseball calendar. Players adjusted to spring training. Uh, players adjusted to training on their own for a shorter season. Playoffs were held. A world champion was decided. And awards were handed out. That's a very interesting point. It goes back to my overall point, my overall feeling, that I think the season is too long in general. But this is what Verjuice is saying. Like, you know, we played 2020. The Dodgers were crowned the champs. There were award winners, and, and we moved on. Now, that's 60 games isn't enough, but let's say they ended up playing 100 in 2022. By July, in the middle of that 100 games, we, we, we won't care so much that April wasn't around. In fact, we might be happy. In fact, that might be the roadmap to a shorter season, experiencing a true 100 to 110 or 20-game season. It might feel better. Certainly going to the park will feel better because your first games might be in June. Now, there's a rhythm to the season that, that, that I enjoy. So there's plenty of reasons to play 162. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just saying if, if it ended up being 100 to 120, I wouldn't be that disappointed. I think it is too long. But, uh, but I do like the other side of that is I do like the rhythm of the season in a lot of ways. Uh, but that's a very interesting point that they have – we have gone through a shortened season because of COVID, and it wasn't so bad other than fans not being in the stands. Certainly was a, was a bit shorter than anybody wanted. But if they played a 90-game season, I don't know, it would have felt kind of almost, I don't know, not normal, but that's a lot of games to determine a division winner, right? 100 games, 110. So that's what Verducci's saying. Like, we've been through this, so no one, maybe people aren't fretting over losing April and May. That if the White Sox started on June 1st and won the World Series, would you be all that disappointed? Would you be putting asterisks by that? No one's putting asterisks by the Dodgers championship. I don't know. Something it's it's kind of interesting. It's kind of interesting. So maybe the pressure points of this thing aren't going to come for a while. 312-332-3776. Your thoughts on all that? White Sox Weekly, Jesse Rogers with you for Connor McKnight. On ESPN 1000. We are talking White Sox. This is White Sox Weekly. If you miss the show, we put the podcast up on the ESPN Chicago app. So listen on your time. White White Sox Sox Weekly. ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Boomt, boomt, boomt. Boomt, 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 boomt. Boomt, boomt, boomt. Boomt, boomt, boomt. Boomt, boomt, Jesse Rogers back with you on White Sox Weekly here on ESPN 1000. I'll be back next Saturday as well. Connor is off. He's getting married. Congrats to Connor and his lovely bride. 312-332-3776 is the number if you want to jump on these final few minutes. We've got the hockey show coming up at 10 a.m. George in River Grove, he's been holding. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, George? Mediator. Are you going to give me a mediator? We're going to come. George, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Go ahead. What's on your mind? 
here's the deal. I called back when they first started negotiating, and I said, these guys, take three steps back and look at what it is. It's a bunch of multimillionaires arguing with a bunch of multimillionaires about millions of dollars, and they're holding the American public hostage, okay? And what what we need to do is have whoever's in charge in the Congress, who's in charge of antitrust action, needs to call them in and say, listen, you guys sit down and you come to an agreement. Otherwise, your antitrust exemption will go away, which you don't deserve anymore to begin with, number one. Right. Number right. two, you, think you guys sit down and come to an agreement. If you don't come to an agreement by February 15th with pitchers and catchers report, I will find each of you, each side, uh, $40 million a day. Okay, that'll get their attention. You guys sit down and quit this pee-pee contest that you're in and, and come to an agreement and play some baseball. And if you don't, you'll get a foot up your ass. The Congress <laughs> needs to have control of this. That's, Thanks. that's one thing that they'll listen yep. to. You know, there should be a mediator. Should have been a mediator from the beginning. Yeah. Well, the mediator didn't help in 94, so I'm sure you would have said it then. You know, I, I, so I don't know. But I... I Look, any help they can get is, is, is better than no help. I, I don't disagree with you. There's so much animosity that uh, – and that is why the, the, the players took to social media to, to – to, you know, they had to tell their side of the story in terms of not wanting that mediator because they knew publicly it's just common sense. Why wouldn't you want a third party involved? So, look, this is absolutely a, a situation in my mind where you could put blame on both parties. I, I talked to both sides for months now. There's, and I've said this on other radio shows, there's good people on both sides in terms of the lieutenants. You know, the lieutenants don't make $40 million a year like I think probably Rob Manfred makes or whatever he makes. You know what I mean? The rank-and-file lawyers who are doing this stuff, they, their job is to get a deal. Those guys want a deal. Talking about the lieutenants in the union and the lieutenants in the league and the people that I talk to often – um, but I could I can find blame on both sides that we're not there. I absolutely can. But I certainly think the players deserve a better deal. I absolutely believe they, they deserve a better system that is in place. But as I said before, about you're not starting from scratch. You're not creating a CBA that's never been created before. You are you have to play off the decades of negotiations, the decades of CBAs that you had before. That's just how it works. That's the reality of it. And using the past ones, the players are going to get some wins on that. And the owners would say, we're already giving them some wins, things that have never been part of the conversation before. And look, uh, the federal government got involved in 94, 95. So uh, the caller may not be wrong. I'm not sure about finding each side 40 million a day. I'm not sure that's legal, but um there's going to have to be some help along the way here because there's just uh, they're just not speaking the same language right now. They're so dug in. They're so dug in on, on several big issues. Uh, essentially, I don't think the league really wants to infuse a lot of new money into the pie that gets broken up and the players get a portion of that, right? They don't want to put new money into it. They're willing to move around the money but they're not willing to put a lot of new money into it. So I think in the union's mind, every time they get something, they have to give something. And that's probably wrong. I agree with the union on that. They need to get a couple wins to sort of even it out a little bit. And again, that could ultimately be a strategy. Hold out 
as long as we can, saying we want to win on five issues, but in, but in reality, they're going to win on two. That's my hope, that when push comes to shove, they end up winning on a couple issues. But I'm with Tyler, my producer here. I'd rather see them get this right. As, for, as long as it takes, get it right, and then start the season. I don't want to start the season and continue with this in the background with, a, with it'll almost be a guarantee they would strike in, in August or September. They're, they would not play a full season under the old rules because you know what? We'd be right back where we are and the players would be a year older with the old system still in place. And we'd be back where we are. There's no way the players can complete the season under the old system. So I'm with Tyler. I'd rather get it right now than have this cloud hanging over Major League Baseball and all of a sudden, the White Sox, first place White Sox, their season, once again, just like 1994, is derailed in August or September. Because that would be a strategic time to do it right before the playoffs. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for me on White Sox Weekly. That hour went very fast. We'll do it again next Saturday. And hopefully there's better news, although I have a feeling there won't be. Good chance by then officially The season will be delayed. Thanks to Tyler for producing. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling in. Stay tuned for the hockey show next. You've been listening to White Sox Weekly on ESPN 1000. Take care.